told Brother Nate, I've, I've, this is not the same church that I came to back in 2019. This is not the same church. I see so many new faces. There's such a peace. There's such a joy. There's such a liberty. And my heart is so grateful for everything the Lord is doing through Jesus Church. I give honor to your pastor and wife. I echo his sentiments. I thank God for Mark and Jordan Brown and their family, their leadership, their friendship. And to be able to share this pulpit with him and one of my best friends. Uh, two of my best friends, him and Chris Green, has just been such an honor. And to be able to uh, join with this entire leadership team, Brother Nate, uh, Brother Henry, Pastor Jared, to hear his word this week. Uh, it's just been so surreal. It's been so special. And I'm leaving with my heart so very, very full. And I want to be respectful of the time. And I want to be obedient to the spirit of the Lord that is here. So I want to go straight to the word of the Lord. Is that all right? The book of Matthew chapter 8. The book of Matthew chapter 8. Not come to bring you a masterpiece. Not come to wow you. Just come to preach the word of the Lord. To follow the spirit. And I believe that he is going to confirm what people have been feeling. I believe he's going to be confirming what has been spoken. And I believe the Lord is going to do something significant in the next few moments. Matthew 8. Matthew 8 verse 23. Matthew 8 and verse 23. And when he, Jesus, was entered into a ship and his disciples followed him, behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea, insomuch as the ship was covered with the waves. But Jesus was asleep, and his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we perish. And he saith unto them, Why are ye fearful, O ye of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm, where there was a great storm and a great tempest. There is now a great calm. And now the men marveled, saying, What manner of man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him? The last verse, verse 28, And when he was come to the other side into the country of the Gerasenes, there met him two Possessed with devils, coming out of the tombs, exceeding fierce, so that no man might pass by. By the help of Jesus Christ, I want to preach to you on this Sunday morning for just the next few moments. We're going to let the Lord do what He wants to do. On this simple subject, the storm on the way to the storm. The storm on the way to the storm. We've worshipped, we've shouted, we've prayed. One more time, would you just open up your spirit and your heart? And would you just say, Jesus, speak to me. I don't want to just be a hearer of your word, but I want to be a doer of your word. Lord, I thank you for this body of believers. I thank you for this household of faith. God, I come against everything human and hellish that would oppose your will. I thank you for what you are getting ready to do in the next few moments. Lord, let the best gifts continue to be in operation. Let there be a confirmation and a clarity. And I thank you in advance. I rejoice in advance. I celebrate in advance for what you are going to accomplish. In the name of Jesus Christ. If you believe that, would you say in the name of Jesus? If you believe that, would you shout in the name of Jesus? 
And would you clap your hands one more time in expectancy unto the Lord. Come on all across this building for 10 more seconds. Why don't you just let hell hear you? Why don't you let heaven hear you? Come on, the Lord's about to take us a little further. The Lord's about to take us a little deeper today. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God bless you and you may be seated. We are going to the other side. We are not staying here. We are not becoming stagnant. We are not going to be immobile. We are not going to be satisfied. Today, we are going to the other side. This was the sentiment. This was the statement. This, these were the words that Jesus would speak to his disciple. He had done much of his ministry in the Jewish triangle throughout Bethsaida and Capernaum and Chorazin. He had done much of his ministry around the Sea of Galilee. But today he looked at his disciples and he said, we are going to the other side. We are going to get into a boat and we are going to cross over into the deep. I want you to understand the setting, the context, the, the canvas in which this is said. I, I want you to understand that the disciples have never been to the capitalists. They have never been to the Gerasenes. It is the land of the cast out ones. It is the land of the heathens. While growing up, their mother would have looked at them and said, you can go here and you can visit there and, and you can, you can play in that neighborhood. But if I ever find out you went to Decapolis, if I ever find out you went to the Gerasenes, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, your mom ever do that? She said, if I ever find out, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, and then she never said what she was gonna do, but you just knew that she would do it. They were hearing strange words when Jesus was saying, we're going to defy the odds. We're going to defy the status quo. And we are going to go to where the cast out ones are. We are going to go to where there are boundaries. We are going to go where we are not supposed to go. Stay with me for just a moment. We're going somewhere. It was further odd because Jesus would look at them and tell them, we are going to go by boat. They have the ability to walk around the Sea of Galilee. And they have the ability to make it to their same destination, Brother Fred, by foot. But Jesus says, we're going to step into a boat and we are going to cross over to the other side. Well, Jeremiah, you have to realize these are fishermen. They do most of their work in the shallows. But, but today, Jesus is saying, I'm not going to let you walk around the deep. I'm going to beckon you into the deep. And if there is anything that I sense at the Jesus Church in Watertown, South Dakota, there are a group of men and women that say in a culture and in a North American world where people are circling around us discipleship and circling around fasting and circling around the deep things we are crossing into what everybody else is trying to walk around you have a deep pastor you have a deep pastor's wife you have deep prayer you have a deep culture 
God has beckoned this church into the deep. And you have said yes. Does it mean you've understood everything? It doesn't mean that you've computed everything, but you have. You have answered his call into the deep. I, I see the disciples as they're, as they're muttering, as they're rolling their eyes, but, but they're bringing the Gatorade and they're bringing the snacks and the Cheetos and the Yeti and they're getting everything in the boat and now, now they're beginning to cross and all of a sudden, a little sound begins to come forth and a little wind begins to blow and a storm begins to come upon them and all of a sudden they feel the topsy-turvy instability of a storm. They begin to feel, <laughs> Brother Sam, all of a sudden that storm begins to swirl around them. Somebody's looking at the other saying, I knew, I knew this wasn't the will of God. I knew we, we could have just walked by foot. We could have taken the safer route, Brother Lonnie. We did not have to be in the middle of this boat. Did not have to be in the middle of this storm. And all of a sudden they find themselves in an unstable environment. All of a sudden they find themselves in a treacherous moment. All of a sudden they find themselves about to die. And homeboy's asleep. Hey, hey Zeus, uh, you want to wake up? <laughs> Sister Anna, Jesus is asleep in the boat. And they about to die. Hey, hey, Jesus, Jesus, you want to wake up? You want to save us? Hey, 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 Sister Jayla, you ever tried to wake up, Brendan? And you tried again, and you tried again, and you tried again. They're trying to, they're trying to wake Jesus up, Evan. And Jesus, Jesus, Jesus doesn't do anything by accident. Jesus is strategic. Jesus seems immobile. He seems silent, but he is teaching them a lesson. For in the middle of the storm, Jesus can see what they cannot see. In the middle of challenge, in the middle of instability, Jesus can see what they cannot. What is it that they cannot see? What is it that Jesus can see? Brother Henry, there is somebody that the crosshairs of Christ is upon. He is a man who is living in the caves. He is bound by suicidal thinking. He is frothing over with bitterness and jaded and hatred. And there are things rumbling on the inside of him. Tormenting day and night. There are things that are coming against him as a storm against his mind and against his future and against his thoughts but as he steps out of the cave he begins to look across the sea and he sees a boat on the waves and he sees some men that are scrambling but all of a sudden he sees a man get up and begin to speak and while he cannot hear the words of what he is saying he begins to see the effects of what that man is saying. As all of a sudden, that man Jesus begins to point a finger and he begins to speak. The wind begins to die down. The rain begins to bow. And the storm begins to cease. And something rises up on the inside of that man. And you know what he says? If that man can calm a storm on the outside, maybe he can calm a storm on the inside. If winds have to obey him, maybe condemnation has to obey him. If the waves have to bow to him, maybe suicidal thinking 
has to acquiesce to him. And what the disciples do not realize is that the crosshairs of Christ are on one singular soul. And Jesus is willing to place his beloved disciples through a temporary external inconvenience to get to a man who has an internal storm. COVID has been bigger than you. 2020 has been bigger than you. Your trauma is bigger than you. Your job loss is bigger than you. The hell that has come against you is not just about you. God's allowed his people to be placed in instability. He's allowed his people to go into the deep. Because there are people that need to see you come out of a storm. There are people that need to see you come out praying. There are people that need to see you come out of pornography, church hurt, addiction, Come on, this is bigger than Jesus, church. This is bigger than the climate of South Dakota. There's a mission. There's a plan. There's a purpose. And a storm is worth a soul. A storm is worth revival. Any inconvenience that the Lord calls us into is worth Your baby's coming back to God. It's worth our neighborhoods hearing about the gospel. It's worth South Dakota being a region that is turned upside down. Because some men and women said we could walk around this. But we're not going to circle around the deep. We're going to come into the deep. Because somebody's watching me. I want you to hear what happens next. I want you to understand, Jesus begins to step onto the scene. He begins to step onto the shore. James, can can you come be Jesus? Give it up for Jesus. I figured if you had the first thing letter, you could maybe be Jesus. Now, here's the deal. Jesus is about to step into the scenario. And you know what the Bible says? The Bible says that that man, uh, Cole, can you help me out, buddy? Now, now, Jesus has got some disciples. I need some, Brendan, can you come be a disciple? Evan, can you come be a disciple? Noah, can you come be a disciple? So, Jesus comes with his disciples. And, and there is a man, I need you to come up here. Can you come up here? There's a man that has a storm on the inside. And Jesus is going to let his disciples come through a storm on the outside. So Jesus, you just come through a storm, your disciples, no, you you guys have just come through a storm. You guys look too dry. Jesus has come through a storm. And it's not just any storm, it's a great storm. That's just kind of fun. I ran out of storm. I need more storm. Somebody go get me some more storm. See, hold up, hold up, hold up. Did you notice when I read the text that the Bible says there was a great storm and then there was a great calm? Where sin doth abound, 
grace doth much more abound. The same canvas of darkness is the same canvas of deliverance. Where there was a great tempest, now there is a great calm. Where there was great barrenness in South Dakota, now there is great bake. Now there is great revival. Now there is great breakthrough. Now there- Because heaven will never be outmatched by hell. So all the wickedness is just a clue to all the greatness that God is about to allow. But he brings his disciples through a storm. Now here's the deal. I just like doing this. It's a big storm. It's a big storm. It's a great storm. You can see the effects of a storm on the outside. You don't always see the effects of a storm on the inside. And there's people here dressed in their Sunday best, but you're going through your very worst. But the crosshairs of Christ are upon you because we've had a great week and we've had a great conference and Brother Green delivered a mighty word and there were people in the front that were shouting and getting delivered and getting their miracle. But the Lord came for individual specific people on a Sunday morning because even when the religious people didn't see you, God saw you. Even when your family didn't see you, God saw you. Even when you didn't even know where you were, when you were crying in the middle of the night, you wanted to kill yourself, you wanted to die, you didn't have any hope, Jesus saw what nobody else saw. And you know what the Bible says? I gotta hurry. The Bible says that he ran and he worshiped Jesus. You know what that tells me? Be seated for just a minute. You know what that tells me, Grayson? There are more people that are bound by their cooperation I've stepped into I, I, I've stepped into services and I've seen people come in bound, Brother Sam. They they they've been under the onslaught of hell and and, and they and they came in and they flopped on a Pentecostal chair and they sat there and cooperated. But then I've seen people come under more duress. They're in a greater downward spiral. They're under heavier attack. But when they came into the house of God. They said, I refuse to cooperate. I may can only move my toes. I may can only wiggle my fingers. But somewhere when they begin to sing and somewhere where they begin to preach, they begin to move. And they said, I may be captive, but I refuse to play by the rules. I may be held hostage, but I refuse to cooperate. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Sister Tanya, that can be more accurately interpreted. Where the Spirit is Lord, there is liberty. Your convenience can't be Lord. Your excuses can't be Lord. Your personality can't be Lord. Your background can't be Lord. Your church hurt can't be... Your past pain can't be Lord. But where the Spirit is Lord... There is liberty. So there are more people bound by the strength of their cooperation than by the strength of their chains. But he runs and he worships. 
I'm almost done, but I want you to hear me for just a moment. There's a conversation that's about to happen between heaven and hell. Divinity and demonic. There's, a, there's about to be a conversation that goes back and forth. And you know what hell begins to say? This is, this is what hell begins to say. Ashley, hell says, don't torment us before our time. You're here too early. Think about that. <laughs> Sister Jayla, the, the demonic forces have the audacity to tell the creator and chief of the universe, the maker of time, the one who was before time, in time, and after time. You're too early. You don't fit on our timetable. Hell began to negotiate and say, you're too early. So if hell, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. If hell can negotiate that heaven is too early, I can intercede that heaven is not too late. If hell can come to Jesus and say you're too early for deliverance, I can come as an apostolic, Holy Ghost-filled child of God and say God's not too late to intervene in my city. God's not too late to intervene in my country. God's not too late to intervene in my family. The prodigal can come back. The diagnosis can be healed. Heaven is not too late. Somebody just lift your hands for just a moment and remind heaven, I still believe in you. I'm not giving up hope. I'm not throwing in the towel. I got to hurry. Be seated for just a moment. Uh, I, I need somebody to be the devil. Um, brother, brother Henry. How many of y'all appreciate Brother Henry? Did y'all know he was a former mob boss? Jesus asked a question. What's your name? Just repeat after me. Okay. What's your name? Legion. Legion. What's your name? Legion. What's your name? Legion. Yeah. What's your name? Legion. What's your name? Legion. See, they didn't know we already practiced this. <laughs> we really didn't. Hey, hey, man. Can you tell me your real name? Cole. Legion. What's your name? Oh. Wait, your name's Cole? Not Legion. Oh, Legion was not the name of the man. It was the name of the one that was speaking on behalf of the man. And there are too many heavenly questions that are getting hellish answers. There are too many heavenly invitations that we are letting fear answer for us. Condemnation answer for us. But there's somebody in this building. 
that after today, you are going to speak for yourself. You are going to pray for yourself. You are going to intercede for yourself. And you are going to tell hell, I am not defined by your label. I am not defined by your lies. I'm not defined by my insecurities. I'm not... I'm not defined by my failure. I am who God says I am. Sister Susie, I learned a long time ago, hell will speak up every time Jesus shows up. You give hell the mic, hell will talk. Hell will preach for you. You let hell speak, he'll keep on talking. Oh, I got to go. He said, he said, what's your name? He said, Legion. But I want you to notice the last thing that hell says as hell is negotiating. Hell knows that deliverance is imminent. Hell knows that deliverance is about to happen. So you know the final request of hell Can we stay in the area? Do we have to leave the vicinity? There comes a moment where hell knows Watertown is going to have revival. There comes a moment when hell realizes Grayson's going to get a breakthrough in this service. There comes a moment when 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 heaven realizes Michael's going to get his miracle. I can't stop him. He's just going to get his miracle. So the next question from hell is, if you're going to get a breakthrough, do they have to get a breakthrough? If your home is going to have deliverance, does the other home have to have deliverance? Does the neighborhood have to have deliverance? Does the barista at Starbucks have to have deliverance? Does the... Everyone be seated for just a moment. Everyone be... No, no, no y'all stay up here. Sam, you can stay standing. Sam's my amen corner. He's my amen choir right now. Sam, you stay standing. Now, to everybody except these people and Brother Sam, I need, I need one person to shout hallelujah. hallelujah. One person. I need one person to shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Try it another way. I need one person to leap to their feet. That's one, two, three, four. One person. I need, I need, I need one person to lift up their hands. But hell realizes one person just can't worship. Fast. Because when Pastor Mark starts fasting, I want to fast. And when Brother Green starts praying, I want to pray. And when Brother Cole starts dancing, nobody dances by themselves at Jesus' church. Nobody worships by themselves at Jesus' church. Nobody runs the aisles. But hell knows if you get deliverance. Somebody else is going to get delivered. Oh, somebody shout for just a moment right now. Shout like you're not the only one. Rejoice like you're not the only one. Stay with me. Stay with me for just a minute. I'm almost done. All of a sudden, the next thing we see is that there is a man... Who is delivered. He is at the feet of Jesus. He is clothed. In submission. In his right mind. 
He can think for himself. He can dress modestly. He can worship. That's a picture of someone who is at the feet of Jesus. So the opposite must be a picture of someone who is... All of a sudden, the city begins to come out. And there is a man. There's a man named Cole. And he's begging Jesus, don't leave. Don't leave. you got to stay here. you got to stay here. Please, please. You're the best thing that ever happened to me, my man. This is joy. This is peace. Jesus was... The one who came to him when everybody had left him. The Bible says the only thing that got closest to that man was pigs and Jesus. Because no man would pass by him. He had once been a man of the city, but he had been cast out. He hadn't always been there. I don't don't agree with people that tell me, Landon, you've lost so much living for God. You're lacking. You're missing out. You're right. I'm missing out on suicidal thinking. I'm missing out on a corrupt mind. I'm missing out on lust. I'm missing out on horrible dreams. I'm missing out on everybody running out. I'm missing out on... But now when I found Jesus and I came to his feet, I could think for myself. I could have sanity. I could have peace. I could have structure. I could have a future. And while this man is begging Jesus not to leave, there is a whole city that comes and they beg Jesus not to stay. Can I just give you a word of caution? You've got to beware of spirits, human and hellish, that celebrate your dysfunction, but mock your deliverance. This don't make sense to everybody. Get delivered anyway. Get healed anyway. Get set free anyway. Get accountability anyway. Get the Holy Ghost anyway. Get baptized anyway. Not everybody's going to celebrate you getting delivered. Not everybody's going to celebrate you coming. There's people that will club with you. They'll be negative with you. But they can't pray with you. They can't shout with you. But you're not by yourself. Because nobody gets delivered alone. You're going to meet somebody else that's been set free. You're going to meet somebody else that's been delivered. You're going to meet somebody else that's been forgiven you're gonna stand with me lift up your hands for just a moment I feel the Lord speaking to people right now come on I don't know everybody in this house I've gotten to meet some wonderful people but the Lord is speaking to individuals in this room right now come on the crosshairs of Christ are upon you Somebody's coming out today. Somebody's about to get delivered today. Somebody's about to get the Holy Ghost today. Somebody's about to come out of carnality. You're about to come out of lethargy. You're about to come out of excuses today. Hear me, hear me, hear me. We're about to come to the front in just a moment. This man's delivered. Hell's been sent away. He's gone. You know where he went? Jesus cast him into the pigs. Hell said, we know we have to leave this man, but do you mind if we just stay in the region? Do you mind we just stay in the zip code? Do you mind we just stay in the state? 
you know what's one of the next steps of this church is? Now that Watertown has become an open heaven and an open door and an open gate, hell would love to say, but that city can't, and that city can't, and that, oh, Watertown may belong to you, but South Dakota still belongs. I read somewhere in my Bible, Praise ye the Lord, all ye lands. There is no soil. There is no zip code. There is no county. There is no state that cannot bring glory to God. For he owns it all. He creates. We're claiming more than Watertown. We're claiming this region. We're claiming every public school. We're claiming every college. We're claiming every elder, every millennial, every child for the glory of God. Woo! My last point. Jesus looks at him. And says, go home. Jesus, I just want to stay with you. Jesus, I want to stay in, in this euphoria. I want to stay in your presence. I, 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 want to, I, want to, I don't want you to leave. I don't want you to go. And Jesus looks at him and says, go home. And what sounds like rejection is promotion. Because in that one singular sentence... Alexis, God in flesh, Jesus Christ notified that man, the tombs are not your home. The graves are not your home. You may have been living there, you don't belong there. Jeremiah, the hand of God's on you. Every single one of us, including me and including you, have found ourselves living in spaces and places that we were never ordained or meant to be. But it does not matter how long it has been our rut. It does not matter how long it has been our routine. It does not matter how comfy and cozy it has come. There comes a moment of deliverance when the Lord looks you and I in the face and into the soul and says, you may have been living among the bones. You may have been living among death. You may have been living among the tombs. But you do not belong there. I've got a place for you. A prepared place. A built place. Go back to where you belong. We're about to come to the front and we're about to pray. And somebody's about to get the Holy Ghost. Somebody's about to be healed. Someone's about to be delivered. But let's fast forward for just a moment. Because somebody's about to go back into their city. You're about to go back into your town. And you're not just leaving church. You're going to be sent from church. And when Jesus left, the Bible says that he would come back later with his disciples and thousands would be fed in the same place that rejected him. Why? Because the terror of the town became a testimony of the name. Somebody went back into the city that rejected him. Somebody went back into hostility. Somebody went back into an unchristlike environment and said, let me tell you about what Jesus has done. You can't kick me out. You can't bind me up. You can't cuff me. You can't duct tape my mouth. You can't send me back to the tombs. Because I've met a man named Jesus.
And when Jesus, we're just going fast forward for just a minute. When Jesus comes back to that place with his disciples, thousands are fed. I wonder if there was children of the people that rejected Jesus. I wonder if there was friends and spouses of the same people that told Jesus, leave. But they met a testimony. They met a witness. He didn't get jaded because of where he was living. He didn't get bitter because of where Jesus sent him to. He didn't come up with an excuse to climb on board that boat and slip out. He said, I'm going to be sent into a place of rejection. But I've got something more powerful than rejection. I've got a testimony. I've got an experience. And I've got the name upon me in my right mind. I have been delivered. She you lift your hands for just a moment all across this house right now? Come on, someone's getting ready to come out of the cave today. Come on, somebody's come, getting ready to come out of the corner. Maybe it's cardality, maybe it's fear. Maybe it's sin, maybe it's just safety. Some of you can come out of deep, dark sin, but some of you, you, you've been living right, but you've been dwelling in safety and comfort and complacency. But the Lord says, you cannot stay there. I want to give an invitation right now. We're getting ready to pray very strategically and specifically. Because I believe when we pray specifically, the Lord answers specifically. I said, I believe when we pray specifically, the Lord answers specifically. So I'm going to make two altar appeals this morning. If you're in this house and you have received the gift of the Holy Ghost, if you have spoken in tongues, would you just raise your hand for just a moment? Not to embarrass anybody, not to put anybody on the spot, but I want you to keep your hand raised for just a moment. I want to remind you, you didn't just get the Holy Ghost, you still have the Holy Ghost. You don't just get saved by having a one-time experience. We are saved by the renewing of the Spirit. And some of you need to remind hell, you need to remind the adversary. I may have to stir up an old well, but I have not lost my experience. I have not lost my moment with Christ. You can put your hands down for just a moment. We're going to go very quickly, very specifically. If you're in this house today and you have not received the gift of the Holy Ghost yet, you have not spoken in tongues yet, key word, yet, every hand that was raised just a moment ago was a testimony that if he can and she can, you can. Oh, i got to say that one more time. If God can feel Brother Henry, God can feel you. If God can feel Brother Green, God can feel you. If God can feel Sister Stacy, God can feel you. So we're going to be a little, I don't know what you're always used to, but we're just going to pray very strategically right now. There may be one, two, three more, less, nobody, but I got to give the invitation. I got to give the opportunity. If you're in this house and you have never received the gift of the Holy Ghost yet, I'm going to ask you to do something really bold and courageous right now. We're just on the fast track this morning. If you have never received that experience, but you want to today, before you leave here, I want you to just slip up your hand at me. Would you do that? I don't want to put anybody on the spot. don't want to embarrass anybody, but I want to give an invitation. Now, this is what's about to happen in this room. Every single person is getting ready to come forward. If you are physically able, I want you to fill this altar. If you can't come to the front, I want you to take a step to the left or a step to the right. But you got to make a move physically that represents a move spiritually. 
Can we do that right now? Can you step out from where you are and come to this front? Can you, can, you, can you leave your corner? Can you leave your pew? Can you come to this front right now? I want you to come as close as you can, as close as you can right now. If you're in the front, I want you to come to the very, very front. People are coming behind you. This is beautiful. This is amazing. 